Boxing Day means a recap of the Sabres weekend, a mailbag episode, and of course, as it brings every year, the World Juniors. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including our YouTube channel. Be sure to check us out there. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to check us out on our Locked On Sabres text line. You can become a sortie by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Sabres. A lot to get to on this Tuesday show as it is Boxing Day. It is uh, a couple of days since Sabres and Rangers, uh, only a day out from Sabres and Bruins, and the World Juniors, which comes every year on Boxing Day and gets going, and a lot of Sabre prospects in action So uh, on this Tuesday. And a lot of them doing really well, and their team's doing really well. A good start for Team USA. Also, a lot to get to. We'll have Hadi Kalakash coming up this week from Lockdown NHL Prospects to talk more once the games, you know, get a few under our belts on how some of these Sabre prospects are doing in their development, how they're doing in the World Juniors. We'll uh, get more prospects content as the World Juniors progresses. And, of course, we'll cover the Sabres throughout the week as they have the Bruins on Wednesday night, the Blue Jackets again on Saturday night. A opportunity to get some revenge on a team that beat them 9-4 to on home ice. They will be back on home ice to play that same team in only a couple of days. But the Bruins first, and before we even talk about that game, we've got a lot to get to. We'll have a mailbag a little bit later on in today's show as well. Uh, at Sneaky Joe Sports, at Lockdown Sabres, if you want to follow or get us involved, uh, get involved with us on Twitter. We will start, though, of course, today with the Sabres' most recent matchup against the New York Rangers. Some of you might have missed it, gone back and watched it after the fact, and that would be understandable as most, you know, not everybody, but a lot are Sabres and Bills fans. And that was really the only time, the last time all year, I should say, um, that the Sabres and the Bills will be playing at the same time, barring potential playoff matchups and the bills have a 91% chance to make the playoffs. So there is possibility. The Sabres have a game on Saturday, uh, January 13th. They have a game on Saturday, January 20th, uh, Saturday, January 27th. So all those games are potentially crossovers, but this Sabre Ranger game might've been the only time that you had to choose or get the second monitor out. Like I did and watch both at the same time between the Sabres and the, and the, of course, Sabres and the Rangers and the Bills and the Chargers. And the Sabres-Ranger game was interesting. It probably kept you glued to what was happening, given that the game was never far away. The Sabres never got down by more than one goal after the first period. They gave up the first two. Uh, Artemi Panarin scored to make it 2 to nothing with five minutes to go in the first period. But Rasmus Dahlin who continues to lead all defensemen in the NHL in goal scoring, gets another one, his 10th of the year, which, by the way, go back and watch that goal if you don't remember the pass that was made. But Jordan Greenway fending off a check that was draped all over him, 
puts a perfect pass out to Darlene for the one-timer in the high slot for his 10th of the season. That made it 2-1. to one. Jack Quinn has his second goal of the season. He makes it 2-2 two to two early on in the second period. And Quinn, with a really nice effort, a great shot after getting to a scoring area. He worked to get to that scoring area. He deserved the scoring chance, and he has the shot to put it past an elite goaltender in Igor Shesterkin. Casey Middlestat with the third goal of the game that tied at 3-3 in the third. A gift of a goal. That's all right. A weird bounce off the boards. He kind of fanned on the first shot and then got another opportunity at it and slid it under Shesterkin. And then Chris Kreider wins it in overtime after Shesterkin makes not one, not two, but three incredible saves on the Sabres in overtime. And you just kind of got to chalk it up to an elite goaltender had an elite couple of moments there. And the Sabres goaltender, meanwhile, Ukapeka Lukanen overshot, I thought, on um, the Mika Zibanejad rush in overtime. Kreider's able to put it in behind him. And Lukanen's just off to the side, wide open net, and he overran it. And that's the difference, even though Lukanen has been a lot better this year. That is the difference between Shesterkin, who is one of the best goalies in hockey, and Lukanen, who is probably about a league average goaltender at the time being. So the Rangers get the win. The Sabres get a point. That means three points in their last four. Um, Interestingly, the thing I want to talk about for a minute here from that game is not anything that has to do with any of these goals scored. Um, If you want to look at some of the stats for this game, also before I get to this one thing that drove me crazy in this game, let's take a look at the Sabres shots on goal. They were outshot barely in this game, 33 to 30. This was a good game by the Sabres overall in terms of the advanced stats also. But taking a quick look at it, the Sabres expected goals for in this game was 3.4 compared to the Rangers, 3.1. Scoring chances, the Sabres had the advantage, 24 to 22. Shot attempts at 5-on-5, 52 for Buffalo, 50 for the Rangers. The power play is where they got killed. 0-for-1 on the Sabres for the power play. They were shorthanded on four separate occasions. One for four, the Rangers on the power play. That was the difference in 60 minutes between 3-3 and 3-2. And, well, let's talk about why the Rangers had a power play, an extra power play than they really should have had in this game. One of the most unbelievable, one of the most despicable referee moments I think that we've seen in the, the season, at least. Hockey does this a lot, where there is no rule book. You know, there is a rule book, but it kind of completely gets thrown to the wayside depending on the time of the game. And there's just, there's, there's no, you know, it's all feel. And that opens up the door to some bad moments, some moments that make, don't, don't make any sense. Some bias moments like what we saw in this game against the New York Rangers. Eric Johnson gets in a fight with Will Coyle, who, had just hit a saber behind the play. And all right, that's fine, right? Eric Johnson goes in. He addresses it. Uh, Ryan Johnson was the one, by the way, who got hit. And it was a clean hit. So what does Eric Johnson do? Okay, one of my rookies just took a big hit from the biggest guy on the Rangers. 
and he's 35-year-old veteran player, big guy. What's he supposed to do? He goes over there like he's supposed to, and he doesn't just drop the gloves and start beating on the guy because that would put your team shorthanded. Veteran player like Eric Johnson knows that. So what does he do? He asks Coyle for the fight. He gives him a little shot, like a tap, not even a cross check. It says, you want to go. And Coyle says, yes. He looks straight at him. He shakes his gloves. Go watch it back. He shakes his gloves, and they drop their gloves at the exact same time. Slow motion it even if you want. Slow motion it. And their gloves, in fact, Coyle's hit the hit the ice first before Johnson's. But it's at the same time. There's an agreement here, and that wipes out the instigator. There, there is no instigator. He there was a mutual agreement to fight. The, the point of the instigator is that you're not allowed to just start fighting somebody when they have not agreed to it. That's the instigator. That's not what happened here. And what Eric Johnson said in postgame kind of lines up to with what we then saw as the aftermath. The instigator is called on Johnson, which is already, in my opinion, I mean, it's recency bias, right? But I think it's the worst call I've seen all year. I think it's the worst call I've seen in a hockey game all season. Maybe I'm exaggerating because it just happened, but to me, that is the worst one. And Johnson, rightfully so, flips out. Rightfully so. I mean, have you ever seen Eric Johnson act like that? I mean, we are, we're just getting to know him a little bit here in Buffalo, right? So, you know, we haven't seen him in as many games. Maybe he does flip out once in a while. I don't know. I've never seen it uh, in the 15 years I've been watching him play hockey once in a while in the NHL. So he goes nuts, loses it. And I think rightfully so. Gets a 10-minute misconduct. Gets tossed. Jeff Skinner, the same thing happens. Jeff Skinner gets a 10-minute misconduct. And Don Granado, rightfully so, flips out. Because what what's the explanation? And what Eric Johnson said after the game is that the Sabres were penalized by the ref because the Sabres were complaining too much in the first period? That That is, I mean, look at some of the comments from Eric Johnson. Uh, quote, I'd like to say more, even if I get fined, I really don't care. I thought it was bleep. Uh, you, can, you can guess at what that was. It was absolutely bleep, ridiculous. And then the ref tells Don that he gave me the unsportsmanlike conduct because we were screaming at him in the first period. For not making a call. So what Johnson is saying is the ref told Granado that Johnson was giving an extra given an extra penalty. And by the way, that what when he says unsportsmanlike, that was the instigator call. They didn't even call it an instigator, they called it an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which makes even less sense. He told Granado, according to Johnson, they were given the penalty because of what they were doing in the first period. Uh, this is like blatant. This is blatant cheating if you will by the official he's penalizing something in the second period for something that happened in the first period in other sports if you get caught doing that that's a fireable offense in uh, in the english premier league you are not refing a game for the rest of your life if you do that in in that sport in the nfl i imagine you're at least getting a suspension in the nba i imagine you're getting a suspension 
If you admit that to the coach, especially, it's an egregious, egregious error by the referee. I couldn't believe it. I thought Johnson, good for him and good for Skinner and good for Granado, that they all went after the ref there because it makes no sense. Johnson continued. So tell me how that is justified. I go over to him. He obliges. That's hockey. That's not an instigator. That was bleeping nonsense. Good for Johnson there. I think that referee should be reprimanded. Absolutely. And if he does, I think I think the Sabres especially should get to know about it. None of this behind the scenes, you know, something little happens, a suspension. You don't work a game because of it. The Sabres deserve to know if that referee is reprimanded. Because if they if 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 you were to think, if you were to not know that there is no ramifications for actions like that, then it's a completely broken officiating system in the NHL, which you know what it, it is, right? It totally is. It's the sport more than any where it's all feel it's all just by the, the way, the, the whims of the ref that day, it's a complete joke. And I can't believe that the number one sport, the number one league in this sport in the world acts that way with officiating that referee, I, that referee should be suspended, right? Absolutely. Cause in other sports, that's exactly what would happen. Time out here when we come back. The World Juniors got rolling on Tuesday and a lot of Sabre prospects in action. That's coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. The weather is getting colder, although it's been pretty nice in uh, in Buffalo lately, but still a little chilly. The NFL offers are staying hot on FanDuel. The NHL offers are staying hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. Lots of betting options, futures, spreads, player props, over-unders, plenty more. If you want to look at Tage Thompson, two and a half shots on goal, that's available to you. It's one that uh, I might talk about a little bit for the next game. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast, Rangers 4, Sabres 3 on Saturday night. They're next in action Wednesday night hosting the Boston Bruins. That will be a 7.30 puck drop, another TNT game. They're a little bit of a run of uh, a little bit of a run of national televised games. Saturday and Sunday will be ESPN Plus, uh, with Wednesday being TNT. But let's take a break from the NHL club for a moment, and let's get into some World Juniors. The World Juniors got rolling on Tuesday, and it is taking place overseas this year. Um uh, you had a lot of games going on in Sweden. I know the home of uh, uh, Verasmus Dahlin and Frölunda was one of the uh, sites to be seen for that. I know Latvia also. So a lot of uh, different times going on with the games over in Europe. So looking at these games, some Sabre prospects in action and a lot of high-level Sabre prospects in action. The first game of the day did not go well for one Sabre prospect. Yuri Kulik, the captain of Team Czechia, uh, had, got hammered pr- pretty pretty badly. And Kulik, you know, by all accounts, didn't have the greatest game, was a little bit invisible for the amount of ice time he gets, for the role he gets. I mean, he is far and away that team's best player. It's not even close. In fact, he's been that team's best player even when he was underage compared to his teammates, and he absolutely is that now. So he's playing... 
a bunch of ice time. He kind of ripped into his teammates after the game and said, uh, it's a good wake-up call, something that we have to get over. Uh, it was meant to be. It's a clear signal to everyone that's not going to work like this. So he was clearly not happy with his team's effort. Um, I didn't see a lot from him that was super impressive, um, but I expect more from him as this tournament goes on. Uh, Slovakia, by the way, the team that won that game 6-2, to two, if you're looking at their effort in the game, they had a Sabre prospect in Maxim Strebeck, a second-round pick this past draft, play really well. Got a goal, uh, got an assist in this game. Um, he played the most minutes among their defensemen, and that's not that you know crazy to, to, to think. He did you know, get drafted highly compared to a lot of Slovakian players, but one goal, one assist, a plus two on the night, uh, five shots on goal, by the way, for him, he was very involved. He was jumping up in the play a lot. And that's how he scored his goal is he jumped up and put a rebound opportunity away. So second round pick of the Sabres in 2023 with a good debut for his tournament, but the biggest and probably the most expectations upon a Sabre prospect is definitely Matthew Savoy. And Canada got off to a very strong start, 5-2 to two over Finland in the World Juniors. And if you're looking at the stat sheet, you might realize that Matthew Savoy didn't really show up on the stat sheet. Potentially future saber Macklin Celebrini, who's going to be the first overall pick in 2024. Sorry, just did that. He had a goal in the game, looked really strong. Um, but nothing on the score sheet for Savoy, he did look dangerous in this in this thing. I mean, he's playing on the top line. You know, he's creating a lot. He's getting power play minutes. You're seeing him set up a lot. I, he didn't have a lot of scoring opportunities himself, but I thought he was very impressive in his performance. Um, reminder, we will get Hadi Kalakash in from Lockdown NHL Prospects for more on these guys. He, by the way, Savoy played the most minutes among all Canadian forwards, 22 minutes and five seconds. He did still end up with three shots on goal, did get into the box twice with four penalty minutes, um, but a nice start for Savoy's tournament, despite the fact that he didn't put anything in the back of the net. Five to two, Canada over Finland. Noah Oslin and Anton Wahlberg. These guys are going to really be leading Sweden, who are going to be playing on home ice all year here. Oselin, the Sabres' first-round pick in 2022, the, first, the second of three. Anton Wahlberg, one of the Sabres' second-round picks in 2023. Both are playing together on Sweden's top line, and they got off to a really strong start. Wahlberg scored a goal in this game. It was a nice goal where Noah Oselin dropped the puck back to the point. The point man got the shot through. Wahlberg, big body, six foot four, uh, Sabre draft pick, standing in front of the net with a perfect deflection to put it home. He he was impressive. I mean, he's not the fastest skater in the world, uh, to my eyes at least, but I liked him a lot in this game. Uh, Oslin made a couple of really nice, fancy plays. Otherwise, I thought Wahlberg was the one who stood out a little bit more on that line, but both played well. Wahlberg scored. Oslin got an assist. They won 6 to nothing over Latvia. And no Sabre prospects going for Team USA this year, but they got off to a good start with a 4-1 win over Norway, as would be expected. We'll get to some mailbag questions here on the final segment of the Locked on Sabres podcast when we come back. Today's show is presented by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about where you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying 
buying tickets. Game Time, the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front so you know that you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked on NHL. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked on NHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Final segment here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Sabres and Bruins next up for the Sabres. We do have a mailbag portion of today's show. If you want to send in a question or a comment, as always, be sure to join up, uh, become a sortie. Our Locked On Sabres group chat, joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Sabres. Join subtext, S-U-B-T-E. XT.com slash locked on savers. A bunch of questions coming in, and a lot of them are trade related for the savers, which is completely reasonable, I think. Uh, the first of which that I wanted to get to what would a trade package look like to get Lindholm, Elias Lindholm, and Noah Hannafin out of Calgary? These are the two players I would think Saber fans want the most. My hunch on getting, if you want both players and by the way, that is a lot of risk. If you are wanting those two players from Calgary who are probably available, nobody right now wants to stay in Calgary long-term. And Lindholm and Hannafin are both upcoming unrestricted free agents. That is the risk, though, that you are carrying. If you're the Buffalo Sabres, how much more likely do you think it is that those two are going to sign with you? So I would believe that a trade would be done under the preconceived notion that the Sabres don't know if these two players are going to sign long-term and that that fact would be baked into the price that the Sabres would pay to Calgary. So for me, I think what you'd have to give them is a younger version of Elias Lindholm and not as good of a version of Elias Lindholm. But let's be honest, Casey Middlestat, Lindholm's been a more consistent player. You just have to, you have to admit that. So I think middle stat is a good starting point. He has some control. The only thing with him is I wonder how Calgary would willing they'd be to sign up for another guy who could tell them, Hey, when one year I'm leaving, but middle stat would be the starting point for me. And I do believe you'd have to give up a prospect and a first round pick for both players. So, maybe you would be talking about a lower level prospect because you don't know if Lindholm and Hannafin are going to sign. So how about middle stat, a first round pick and Noah Oslin or Anton Wahlberg second round forward from the, the Swedish team that we just talked about Wahlberg middle stat and a first, that would be my starting point. If you don't know if they're going to sign, if the Sabres can work out a deal beforehand with the two, then Calgary, you can have more. So that I, that's what I would say. If I'm Kevin Adams is, Hey, Calgary, can we talk to these guys first? Because if we can get a contract worked out, we'll pay you more. That, that would be my starting point for that. Next question on our mailbag for this season. How do you fix power for this season? Um, my answer, find the veteran top right-hand pair defenseman that we've been looking for. For the future, how is it even possible for them to fit all their prospects into one lineup in three, four, or five years? Now, it's more about the roster in general, and that's not going to happen, right? Like, there's too many. 
they're not all going to make the team. Roseanne and Osland and Kulik and uh, and Savoy, and that's not even to mention guys that aren't first round picks. Um, you know, I, there isn't room. They're going to have to make trades. That's inevitable. They, it's kind of amazing they haven't made one yet, and we'll see if Adams ever pulls the trigger for power. I think he's been fine, but yeah, how do you get the most out of him? The most out of Owen Power to me is still a Victor Hedman level ceiling. I think that is still in the cards for him. And the same way that, you know, Darlene, it took him a couple of years to get there where maybe that's a thing for young defensemen. It might just be the same case with power. So I don't want to write him off, but can I, can I get that this year? I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking you can't. I don't think he's given you that top 10 defenseman production. I mean, that's a high bar. Yeah, what would they have to go get? I mean, I think that uh, the, the your idea, the listener here, it's the right idea. The only thing that's going to help him and get more out of him now is if, hey, Noah Hannafin. Yeah, there's your there's your guy. Go trade for Noah Hannafin and put him with Owen Power. That will make everything on Owen Power easier. Or you'll have a trickle-down effect if you want to put Hannafin up with Darlene and put Samuelson down with Power. And I do think Samuelson would help more Power more than um, some of the other guys that he's played with. So I think the only option is you got to get somebody with him. Otherwise, I think we're in a waiting game. We're in a waiting game. I do think eventually he's going to turn into a top-level defenseman. Um, It just hasn't clicked just yet. Uh, Thanks for the question. Uh, Let's go to our next one, which is why can or can't you see the offense coming back into form from last year? That I think can happen. And here's why. We finally have heard Don Granado admit that, yeah, they changed the style and that they're they're going to go back to it. Uh, they're going to go back to the offensive style. And I think you already saw a little of that against the New York Rangers. Uh, so I, I think this ha- it's going to happen. I think it is happening. Um, now, will it look the same when they do it? I don't know. I, I hope so. To me, it's not even it's beside the point. The point here is, why the hell did you change it in the first place? Really? Granado, Adams, Pagula? Who is deserving of that question? Does it have to be Granado? I don't think it has to be. You know, I think Granado, you know, he's got his finger on this team and he's the guy in the locker room and he's executing these plans. But I, I do wonder, did Adams tell Granado in the offseason, hey, we can't play that way and win hockey games. We can't play all out offense and win hockey games. Did Pagula? say that. I don't know. It's possible. And did Granado just go along with what his boss said? Or did it come right from Granado? I don't know the answers to these questions, but I just wouldn't want to assume that it was Granado's idea. And if anything, I might be skeptical that it was Granado's idea because Granado, you know, looking back at his time in his coaching ranks, look what he wanted to do when he first showed up. What is his instinct to do? Score, score, score. I think, and you're seeing it now that he wants to go back to it. I would want to see what this looks like. Do they see a real change in philosophy? Because they got to get back to what they were doing last year. That is more, to me, the, the point of the question. It's not even, well, will they get back to what they're doing? It sounds like they're going to. The big question to me is more, why the hell didn't you do, didn't you do it from night one? Or night two, even. You should have been doing it all along. 
Thanks for the questions. More questions. We'll keep rolling along with them on our subtext. Uh, join subtext.com slash Sabers. If you want a question asked on the show, be sure to shoot us a text there. And uh, we'll always be responding to our texts uh, as we try. I'll, you always try to keep up. We get a lot of them. Um, but I'm trying to go one by one as much as I can uh, to get you guys involved as much as possible. Uh, and we'll be, uh, I'm sure, going at it in the group chat on Wednesday when the Sabres played the Bruins for a 730 puck drop. We'll talk Sabres and Bruins next time here on the locked on Sabres podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, and thanks for listening throughout the year. Although we're not at the new year yet. So we got a new year's resolutions and new year, a yearly recap coming your way in the coming days as well. Thanks for listening to the locked on Sabres podcast, making us your first listen every day. Make sure to go make your next listen locked on sports today. The first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube locked on sports today here for your 24 7 covering the top stories of sports of the day with local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league go to locked on sports today on youtube subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel talk to you next time here on locked on savers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day